Welcome to the Back Row Texan Show. Brought to you by the Back Row Sports Network. I'm your host, Branson Thomas, talking all things Houston Texans football. Here we go. Holy crap, Houston, I don't think we have a problem anymore. Well, we'll see about that, but they did what many believed was not possible and what many thought was not going to happen. The Texans and Cal McNair went and fired general manager, head coach, Bill O'Brien, and the NFL and fans are going nuts. It's everywhere, all over Twitter. They people are celebrating because they got rid of the coach. You know, many of the fans believed he was the big issue. He's holding Deshaun back. So it's crazy. I'm still in shock, you know. He being the general manager and the coach, he seemed to have all the power and he seemed to be, you know, persuading Cal McNair to do these crazy stupid things that he's been signing off on and many believed Cal was not going to fire him or didn't have it in him and he did it he said see ya get out of my building you know you're done 0 and 4 is enough you know that's it's crazy I can't believe it this week's episode we're gonna get into you know that information what's gonna happen going forward Uh, we'll talk about the week four loss to the Vikings that really set it off and got the ball rolling. And then we'll preview the Jacksonville game coming up this weekend in hopes that Houston can turn it around maybe this season. But before we get into all that, I do have a sponsor I need to thank. Today's podcast is presented by Podgo. Podgo is the easiest way for you to monetize your podcast, providing podcasters with a flat rate for ad space so you always know how much you get when you include an ad from Podgo. Apply today to become a member and immediately be connected with advertisers that fit your audience. That's podgo.co. That's P-O-D-G-O dot C-O. Be sure to add my podcast in the How Did You Hear About Podgo section of the application. So make sure and put Back Row Texan Show is who sent you over and I'll get credit for that. But moving on from that, ah, man, it it's crazy. I, it's nuts. I'm still in shock, like I said before. And so getting rid of Bill O'Brien was sparked by, you know, the loss to Minnesota. So let's let's kind of review that game real quick, and then we'll go into the Bill O'Brien stuff. Um it was it was actually Bill O'Brien's 100th game coaching, as well as Mike Zimmer's, actually. It very well might be one of the worst performances I have ever seen by the Texans, at least in the Deshaun Watson, Bill O'Brien era. It, it was terrible. It seemed sloppy 
from the get-go. We couldn't, you know, I think we punted their first four drives, couldn't get anything going on offense again. I, I think we had like 16 yards in the first quarter. It was terrible. And and yet again, our defense did not do their job. They gave up 410 yards on offense and did not force a turnover. That is now five consecutive games, regular season games, in which the Houston Texans have not recorded a turnover on the defensive side of the ball. Only one team has had more, and that was the 1972 49ers. They had six or something like that. Or they did have six, but still, it's, that's insane. It's not a record I want to get into. And Houston has the record for the only team to have five consecutive games without a turnover and given up 350-plus yards of total offense. It's it's not looking good for the defense. You know, I had all these high hopes with Weaver coming in. So, you know, we'll see now that Rack is going to be in there as the interim head coach. Maybe he can help him out a little bit. Maybe things change. But, you know, coming into the week, I said the big key, you got to stop Dalvin Cook. And we gave up a buck 30 on the ground and two touchdowns to him. Several times we missed tackles in the backfield, missed tackles at the line of scrimmage, and he'd bust 10, 11-yard gains. You know, his second touchdown, he should have been tackled behind the line of scrimmage, got out of that, and ran around the other guy, stiff-armed him into the end zone and scored. So it's just things like that that it's, it's frustrating to see. And then, you know, offensively, Bill O'Brien took over play calling today. That was that was the big the big part this week was was Bill O'Brien has taken over the play calling for against the Vikings. And a lot of people thought, okay, well, maybe it'll go back to like what it used to be and at least be somewhat productive. No. It was very inconsistent. Like I said, the first half was almost abysmal. You offensive production was like zilch. You know, we had several trips inside the red zone that did not result in touchdowns. Last year, we weren't one of the most efficient teams in the red zone. This year, we are probably fighting for last place in red zone efficiency. You know, we had two touchdowns on the day and three field goals. And the last trip to the red zone did not result in any points to end the game. Watson was very inconsistent today in terms of accuracy. There were definitely times where... You know, watching the game live, you feel, man, he should have hit that guy open. You know, a few times there's a defender in the way, and he's he's throwing it, you know, maybe where his receiver can only get it, but even then he couldn't get to it. So there was that. You know, he ended the day 20 of 33 for 300 yards and two touchdowns. He didn't have a turnover today, so that was good. But like I said, it, he, was, he just seemed off in the first half, and it really took till almost the end of the game for them to really kind of get going. You know, multiple times throughout the game, there were opportunities, you know, third and three, where he's running up to the line of scrimmage and then throws the ball, where he could, all he had to do was dive forward and would have got the first down. He could have gotten the first down several times on his with his legs, but chose to throw the ball and ended up with incomplete passes. So just something about him this year. He doesn't seem to trust his legs, doesn't want to get out of the pocket. And that could have been, you know, the scheme where they don't want him running the ball. But, man, he is a mobile quarterback and does some magical things with his legs. you got to get him out there in space. you got to get more design runs. You really do. You know, and there was a, a play 
the little speed option, which I liked, you know, there at the goal line towards the end of the game, that you have Ngakwe one-on-one there. You pitch it out to David Johnson, then David Johnson would have the safety one-on-one, and that's the matchup you're looking for. Well, David Johnson looked ahead instead of watched the ball, and he fumbled the ball. He ended up getting it back, but if he catches that cleanly, there's a good chance he powers his way into the end zone and scores the at the end of the game there to almost tie it up. But it didn't happen. You know, he... I think he had like 69 yards. He was averaging, I think, 3.9 a carry. So not not that great. But again, the offensive line didn't look that great either. There was pressure on on Watson. We ended up giving up three sacks. Again, you know, it's he's going to rack up a lot of sacks this year, unfortunately. So we got to figure out how to keep him upright. Uh, speaking of sacks, we ourselves had three sacks, so that was... That was okay. Um, you know, last week I projected Watt to have two of those. He got close a couple times and, and had some pressure on Cousins several times, but did not get me, so obviously I was wrong there. Uh, surprisingly, Whitney Merciless had two of those sacks. He actually didn't didn't look half bad this week. And P.J. Hall had another one. They, you know, pressured him from the outside. He ran up, and Hall wrapped him up right there. So that was, you know, good to see. You know, he made another start, and is really proving to actually be a good asset so far for the Texans. Um, in terms of wide receiver play, though, really, Fuller was the only good option. You know, he had six six of seven, you know, catches for 108 yards and a touchdown. He's his only non-catch out of his seven targets was there at the end of the game where he made a heck of an effort to stop it one-handed and try to come down in the end zone but just fell short with that ball moving a little bit once he hit the ground. It was so close. Ah, man, so excited. It would have been awesome, you know, if he came down with that. Yes, we still would have had to have gotten a two-point conversion to uh, tie the game up, but, man, being down 15 late in the fourth quarter and, and coming back, it would have been awesome. But that being said, if we come back and tie and, and maybe go on to win that game, does Cal McNair fire Bill O'Brien? You know, that's the question on many people's minds is, you know, if he would have been saved by that, does he stay? Does he maybe finish out the season and we decide after the season? Who knows? But we don't have to think about that anymore because he's gone. You know, the Texans fell 0-4. They lost 31-23 to to the Vikings, and that was it. That was it for Bill. He is, he's out of here. I mean, the Houston fans have been saying it for almost a year. There's, you know, hashtag fire Bill O'Brien. Be done with him. Be gone. So, like I said, man, it's just crazy to see that they actually did it. I'm, I'm a little shocked. I, honestly, I have some mixed feelings about it. As a GM, yes, that dude needed to be fired. Yes, he had some moves I agreed with. And, you know, his overall scheme and vision of the team I could see actually what he was trying to do with the speed. It it just didn't work out. It really didn't. But some of those moves, like what you got back for Hopkins, that whole trade, that was a failure. You gave up way too much for Tunzel and Stills and didn't sign him to where he basically backed you into spending a ton of money. He's doing a great job this year, but Tunzel, yeah, that's a lot of money to pay for him. 
it, you know, people criticized him over the clowny trade, not getting much back, got a third rounder back. Well, if he'd have walked, he, we wouldn't have gotten anything back. Seattle didn't get a comp pick back for him. So, you know, maybe he wins that trade. You know, the Carlos Hyde trade for Rankin was really good. That ended up working out well for the team. So he's got some hits. He's got some misses, just like any GM. But coaching-wise, I mean, four out of the six year, four out of the five years that he fully coached, he won the AFC South and went to the playoffs. He had one losing year, and that was the year that Deshaun Watson got hurt. So I feel like he was a decent head coach. I think his offensive playbook was too complicated for most people. And I feel he was the Marvin Lewis for the Houston Texans. Get you the playoffs, get you the playoffs. Once you're there, can't do anything about it. You know, ultimately, the Bengals had to cut ties with Marvin Lewis, even though he was a good coach for them in the regular season. Well, Bill O'Brien was a good coach in the regular season for Houston, but not in the playoffs. So if the goal is to ultimately win the Super Bowl, he's got to be gone. You got to toss him. See ya, sayonara, move on, be done with it. You just signed your quarterback to a long-term deal, and you need to build around him, not take away pieces of the future like Bill O'Brien has been doing, trading away all our picks. I mean, look at it this way. If we go 0-16, the Miami Dolphins get the first pick of the draft and the first pick in the second round because they own our first and second round picks this upcoming draft. So it does us no good to lose. I mean, it, it really does nobody any good unless you're tanking on purpose. And, you know, we, we can't afford to lose. It, it makes that price for Tunzel even higher than what it needs to be. You know, if we can pull off several wins, maybe go 8-8, eight and eight, you know, get that middle-of-the-pack first-round pick for them, then fine, I can live with that more because you're not going to get a left tackle like Tunzel at that point anyways. But still, we don't have a pick till the third round, and right now it's looking like it might be a high third-round pick. But either way, the future is without Bill O'Brien now and without early picks. So what is that going to mean for the remainder of the year and years going forward? Well, Romeo Cornell is going to be the interim head coach moving forward. Tim Kelly will come back to play calling, which he may or may not do a great job at. I don't know. If it's anything like before, then no, it's not going to do well. But something inside me and most every other Texan fan believe he had to call. He, I mean, he called plays, but basically had to call Bill O'Brien's plays. So maybe Tim Kelly now gets to open up his playbook, gets to do what he wants to do and not have Bill O'Brien over his shoulder the whole time saying, eh, no, 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 we don't do that play. Let's do this kind of play. So maybe that scheme changes. You know, maybe the confidence within the players really picks up. You know, the morale with some of those players, like look at Watson. He just seems down in the game. He seems down at the press conferences. So it's it's just crazy. I mean, somebody said, uh, one of the sources there in Houston said two weeks ago is really when everything started to fall apart. You know, that's when OB lost the team. He lost the locker room. You know, the offense was frustrated, and it even got into a verbal blow-up at practice. So when you lose the locker room, that's your key to, you know, losing motivation in your players. 
to losing your team and ultimately getting fired. So it's not shocking to see that Tim Kelly's offense might actually start doing better. You know, you don't have O'Brien there, like I said, over your shoulder telling you what plays you can run in your offense. You know, Rack is a defensive-minded head coach. So he is going to focus more on the defense and probably try to help Weaver out a little bit and maybe help solve some of these issues, which, God, I hope so. I mean, granted, he was there the whole time and probably should have been helping in that manner anyways, so I don't know if it changes much, but maybe there's a new spark in the offense. Maybe. You know, Kansas City, um, he came in as an interim head coach, Rack did, and they won their first game and ended up going 2-1 and one the rest of the year. Well, they Kansas City Chiefs ended up signing him for that next year, and they were awful. Like, 2-14 and 14 awful. So my biggest fear is the offense starts clicking, Watson you know, gets his mojo back, and we start winning. And the result of that could be Cal McNair thinking, well, Romeo Cornell did such a good job, Let's keep him on as head coach next year. That can't happen. It can't. We have to make sure we come in with a new coach next year. It can't be Rack. Can't be Tim Kelly. Weaver's not ready yet. You know, I do want to keep Weaver on defense and have him help out, but not for head coach. Rack, he's too old, man. He can he can assist, but not be the head coach. I hope we throw off a bunch of wins, you know. In theory, we could go 12-4. and four. That would be absolutely crazy and improbable. But in theory, it could happen. I don't think it will by any means. Not definitely if they play any way like they have the first four weeks, especially last game. But, you know, going into a new week with a new coach, new mindset, you know, almost feeling refreshed, you know, a lot of those players are going to play hard again. If, if the truth is in the fact he lost the locker room two weeks ago, then by all means, they're going to play hard again for Rack. So I can definitely see us winning this game this week against a Jacksonville team that, yes, they have a win and we don't, but they're in the same boat in terms of personnel issues and just lack of, of playing hard and winning games. You know, they're competitive. They are. And it'll be a competitive game down to the end, I guarantee it. You know, it. I don't see us blowing them out, and I really don't see them blowing us out. So it'll be a competitive one. But like I said, I think we win that, and we'll win some more, and hopefully Cal McNair does not be an idiot and keep Rack on as head coach. You know, you're going to hear a lot of names thrown out there from for the next God, 15 weeks until the end of the season in which, you know, we can actually do something from people around the NFL to college coaches. You know, one of the main ones and one I would like to see is Chief Offensive Coordinator Eric Benemy. He does an amazing job with Patrick Mahomes, and I think he could do a great job with Watson. I do. You know, people were shocked he didn't get a job last year, but I feel he chose not to go anywhere so we'll see you know he could do like a mcdaniels and just sit there and wait and speaking of mcdaniels you know he's another tie in there 
Easterby is still in there um, helping out as general manager for the time being, which I don't know if I agree with. I think you need to clean slate, get him out of there too. You know, any deal that Bill O'Brien made, Easterby was right there in his back pocket agreeing with him. So I don't know if him staying on is a good thing. But, you know, Easterby has ties to McDaniels and even Nick Cassirio. You know, if we were to try to bring him in as GM. So, you know, we'll see with that. I, I personally don't want McDaniels. I've seen what he does as a head coach. And I just, I want to get away from that Patriots way. I'm tired of, you know, trying to relate to the New England Patriots. I am, you know. Nobody has been successful. Bill was the most successful coach to come out of New England. So, you know, we'll see. Well, I mean, I guess Brabel. I mean, he played in New England, but he coached under Bill. So it's a tree among a tree. So we'll see. But still, you know, Eric Bieniemy is my choice. Then you got other names that are getting thrown out there. Ravens offensive coordinator, Greg Roman. You know, he's doing great things with Lamar Jackson and that running running game it's great so you know that's a potential one uh bill's offensive coordinator brian dabble you know it, the defensive coordinator there for the 49ers say you know those guys those are going to be your main ones that you hear about from the nfl college wise you've got lincoln riley dabo sweeney is a big one that people are like trying to persuade to come, you know, be a tandem again with Deshaun Watson. He he would be able to unlock Watson's best and really get him going. But he is the highest paid coach in college football and has a really good gig going on at Clemson. Plus his boys go to Clemson are playing there right now. So I really doubt Dabo Sweeney is going to to come at all. He won't leave there. And I don't blame him. I wouldn't but over the next 15 weeks, it's it's going to be crazy. You're going to hear all kinds of names. And, hey, all these coaches, their agents, they're definitely talking with the Houston Texans among back channels. You know, it's not necessarily legal, but it's getting done. Everyone knows it is. So don't be surprised as soon as the season ends if Houston Texans have a coach within a week. If I'm one of these guys and I'm looking to come in here, I have mixed feelings. One, you've got Deshaun Watson as your quarterback, in which any coach would love to start a franchise with. But at the same time, you don't have a first or second round pick next year. You don't have many young players that are impactful going on right now. You don't like the rookies this year. They, they're not doing much. They really aren't. I don't know if that was a Bill O'Brien thing, not liking rookies and not letting them play much, or if they just really aren't cut out yet. You know, it takes a year or two to, to get in the rhythm. But what do you do? Most head coaching jobs that come about in the NFL are not good situations. Teams that go over, you know, Adam Gase, he's on the hot seat. Matt Patricia, he's in the hot seat. You know, these are guys... With teams, they're not in good situations. They're losing teams. They're, you know, that's what happens. So that's why the jobs get opened. Very rarely do you have, you know, a job open up with a good team. So we'll see. I am 
I'm super excited to see what happens here on out. I can't wait. You know, hopefully we come in this week and we do some damage. You know, so let's let's talk about this weekend. You know, we we play Jacksonville and they've got themselves a good a good rookie running back uh, in Richards that he's going to put up numbers on us. We have the worst rush defense in the league. So again, the key is going to be kind of slowing him down and you know, watching watching out for players going deep, you know, Shark going deep. Cole, you've got the LaVisca Chenault, the rookie who when the ball's in his hands, he makes plays. So they have the weapons offensively. And I mean they score points. They have all year. So I don't think the issue is going to be that. The issue is going to be keeping up or out producing. You know, timely stops on third down, getting a freaking turnover. Holy crap. I predict if we get a turnover, we win the game. Just one. That's all I all I need. Just give me a turnover. You know, that's huge momentum build momentum change in the game and we've got none it's nuts i i think we're the first team to go the first four games of the season to start out without a turnover like it's crazy i like it didn't even cross my mind until after week two when we didn't have one i was like wow well that's an interesting fact week three came around nothing last week nothing i mean cousins throws the ball sometimes questionable I mean, he's becoming more of a game manager, but still, I would have thought you get to him, he has fumble issues. We got to him three times, couldn't force the ball out. So, I don't know. It's nuts. But like I said, if we get a turnover, we're going to win the game. That's it. And it's going to be close this week. It really is. I do think we'll get our first win. You know, like I said, the players are going to be refreshed, you know, ready to move on kind of turn the page and start a new chapter in their careers as a Houston Texan. You know, like I said, Watson, he's he seemed out of it. He, you know, he seems down when he was playing. He His press conferences, he was down. He's not his, you know, optimistic, cheerful self. And sure, you were 0 for 3 going into that week, and there's a lot to be down about. But you had the toughest schedule in the league. Number one toughest schedule. You went against the top three AFC teams in the league to start out you've got a lot going for you in the fact that your schedule gets a lot easier and i think they know that i think they do so i predict a win this week if for some reason we lose i'm gonna stop predicting wins (laughs) i'm gonna stop predicting it all not really i mean i have to do that that's part of why i do this in general but like i said you know, I, I think we come out here with a new sense of purpose and they fight hard and we pull out our first victory against an opponent and a quarterback in Minshew, who I'm a fan of, but has his struggles with the Texans. So hopefully we continue that streak, you know, move on. At, at this point in the career, in the year, we're not overlooking anybody to get to the next person. You know, we're not overlooking them to look to see Tennessee which Tennessee may not even play this week. We may be their first opponent in two weeks. So we'll see um, how that works out with their COVID issues. Uh, They did have one day of no COVID tests coming back positive. So I think they have to have another one today uh, in order to start opening up facilities in a few days. 
But, you know, we'll talk about that more next week, you know, when it is the eve of the Titans game. So let's go out and get a win this week against the Jaguars and hopefully, you know, turn the page, go on a streak, maybe make the playoffs. You know, they have that seventh spot opened up now, so make it a little easier to get in. But ultimately, you know, just just start over from week four. You know, <laughs> the joke before was Bill O'Brien was treating these first couple games like the preseason. Well, preseason's over. You know, your four games are up. It's time to get going. And, you know, let's turn it into a new gear. Get going. Win. Let's make the playoffs. You know what? Screw it. Let's do it. And let's find a new coach and not keep Rack as the head coach. You know, he can stay on and assist if the new head coach wants it. But it's a new day for the Houston Texans franchise. And I'm excited. Let's see what happens. Let's have some fun. You know, let me know what you think about all this. Email me at backrowtexans at gmail.com. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram. Message me there at backrowtexans. I'd love to hear from you. Start the conversations. Let's let's get it going. Let's let's find out what everybody thinks about it, how we're feeling. And you know, share share this podcast with your friends and family. You know, really spread the word, get it out there. And let's all get into the conversation. Have some fun with it. Make sure everybody's still staying safe. Be smart out there. You know, if you're one of the lucky few that are getting to go to these games, don't ruin it for everybody else. Wear your mask when you're supposed to. Be smart. But most importantly of all, go Texans!